All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the show. This is your guy, Devon Johnson, with the Showtime Forum post-game report. Lakers drop another one on the road, and it was another bad loss. 91-108 to to the 76ers in Philadelphia. And the game was what we thought it could be uh, at the end of a road trip with the Lakers playing with zero energy uh, and really not picking it up until the time crunch forced it. Um, uh, on a brighter note, we did have LeBron James tonight, who did pass Kobe Bryant on the scoring list, third all-time. And so there was a bright spot for that, and it was good to know that he was able to do that and get that out of the way so that we can focus more on the rest of the season besides just another record. Uh, and so, you know, don't want to minimize that in any uh, way, shape, or form. Congratulations to LeBron James for doing that. And once again, another Laker great doing something amazing in a Laker uniform while performing at a high level. Um, and so tonight was an amazing night for that, but it could not hide the fact that we had an absolutely horrible game. The only thing that even made this game relatively close was that the 76ers were having their own issues as well. And so we're gonna dive into it tonight. Not gonna spend a whole lot of time on this tonight, but uh, we are gonna talk through it. And for the first time in this season, we have now joined the double digit loss club and we now sit at 36 and 10, which is still an amazing record. We're still first in the conference and uh, have one of the best records in the league. So that by no stretch of the imagination is that uh, a bad thing necessarily. But we've officially gotten uh, past uh, the streak now. We've lost to a sub-500 team prior to this, and now we have joined the double-digit club. LeBron James has uh, obviously already uh, passed uh, and broken another record. So we've passed a lot of things up, and now we're getting into – uh, the good portion of the season where we can start making adjustments and start making some moves. So let's talk about tonight. Tonight was great um, in the first uh, 30 seconds. And then after that, I don't know really what happened after that. Uh, the Lakers just kind of started off. They didn't have any energy. Um, and when they came out, you could tell that they, they just didn't have the intensity that was necessary for a 76ers team that was minus Joel Embiid tonight, who is obviously the centerpiece for their uh, for their roster, but they do play as a different team when there's no Joel Embiid, and it frees Ben Simmons to be exactly what he was tonight. Jo uh, as, and as crazy as it sounds, his stats were not as uh, different from LeBron's, uh, but he was just facilitating the offense all night tonight. He played 36 minutes um, tonight, um, and which is an absolute monster on the court, 28 points. Um, and even with all that, he had 10 rebounds. And this is where it was really making a difference. His defensive rebounding was making a tremendous difference. Obviously, we had uh, Dwight starting tonight because JaVale McGee was still out with flu-like symptoms. Um, and so we were not able to run with the intensity with the bigs that we normally would. Uh, Dwight Howard catching fouls early would cause him to come out when normally you'd be able to sub in a JaVale McGee. But also Anthony Davis had a couple of quick fouls in the beginning. And of course, LeBron James was uh, dealing with foul things himself. So we really did not, uh, we didn't have the ability to play defensively the way we normally would, uh, mainly because of uh, the, the, the lack of the size that we are normally used to playing with. The 76ers took advantage of that fully. Uh, uh, ben Simmons lived in the paint tonight. And it, he was an absolute monster. And I say uh, 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 hats off to him. He had an efficient night, 12 of 15 uh, from the field. But for our Lakers, we had a few standouts tonight that helped to identify why certain people are valuable to this roster. Of course, Anthony Davis scored 31 points and LeBron James scored 29. And so they did their normal throwing. LeBron was only one of six from three-point land. Uh, and he was uh, and he was 10 of 13 from the free throw line. So he did a little bit better from the free throw line, but his three-point shooting is still suffering for some reason. It's, it's inconsistent going up and down. Beginning of the season, he was much more of a sure lock from three. But uh, tonight, he was obviously, lock, obviously off. And, and part of that could have been uh, because of the record and him just trying too hard and doing things out of rhythm, doing things out of sequence, and just trying to get over that hump of just getting those last two points uh, out the way so we could pass Kobe. Uh, but he only shot 18 shots tonight. He was 9 of 18, 50% shooting. But I want to talk about what happened after that. And this is where you're going to find most of the problems that happened. Uh, obviously, turnovers were a problem. Our two biggest turnover, uh, the two leading turnover uh, 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 people on our team was uh, Anthony Davis with five and LeBron James with eight. And there was a moment in the game where LeBron James had hit his, had just committed his fourth turnover and he didn't even wait for the whistle. He immediately walked directly to the bench 
And I felt like that was, obviously it was something that he was hard on himself about, um, but it just didn't speak well of the body language of his frustration. And I completely get it because uh, he, 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 he values and he prides himself in being able to facilitate and make the right pass. But tonight, both teams were just absolutely horrible with the turnovers. Lakers had 21, uh, as well as the 76 or 7, 21 as well. So it was just, it was, there was 42 turnovers in the game altogether, which is why the score was what it was, 108 to 91. Um, just, just, it just wasn't, it just wasn't there. And there are going to be some nights, just to be honest with you, there are going to be some nights where it's just the team is not in sync. And being on a five-game road trip, one of their longer road trips, is just, it, it's, it, it's bound to take a toll at some, at some point. What we do love to see is the fact that they came back and they made uh, uh, they made a run at the end. And the run started with a man named Alex Caruso. And let me explain to you why he's valuable to this team. Alex Caruso had six steals tonight. And, the, and even that doesn't tell all the stuff he was doing. He was so disruptive in the passing lanes tonight. In fact... The reason why the Lakers were able to pull it into single digits and within five at a certain point was because Alex Caruso was reading their offensive plays. And so it makes you wonder how valuable is a Rondo. For instance, tonight Rondo played 15 minutes, had two points, two turnovers, but he had four assists. But you have Alex Caruso who had three assists and had six steals tonight. Six steals. And, and, and four points. And so you look at these, you look at nights like this where the starters aren't really doing well, and then you go to your bench and you're expect, expecting your bench to do well, and the guy that you've been trusting to run your second unit uh, in Rondo uh, is being vastly outplayed on the defensive end by Alex Caruso. Now, obviously, Alex is not a, a tremendous shooter. Uh, he, he misses mid-ranges pretty consistently, and he'll hit some threes now and again. But for the most part, he is, in, he is on this roster for his defensive intensity. The Lakers are going to be able to make runs because he is going to be able to be a spark on the defensive energy. When the, when the veterans are being lazy, Alex Caruso can come in and disrupt. KCP, of course, has always been consistent as well with that. But, but Alex Caruso is the difference. Anybody who has six steals in a game, and those six steals don't even tell you how many times he really made a difference on the defensive end, that lets you know that he's a valuable person on the team. Uh, tonight, Quinn Cook nor Troy Daniels played tonight. And so once again, we're seeing how rotations roll. Let me get to these questions. We see how rotations roll when it's close, um, or, or when it's a defensive battle. We're trying to fight back. Frank Vogel is trusting, um, he's trusting his length uh, over the shooter. So, of course, Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels are, the, are smaller players, and 76ers do have length. And so they were not able to play tonight. And so if, for some of you who were wondering, how can we put our three-point shooters in when we started making a run, is because they just don't have the size to be able to size up. So you can make a three-on-one in, but they're a complete defensive liability on the other. 76ers exploited that all, all night. Let's get into it. George Santiago, now we know why we need Kuz to defend bigs. AD should be on Ben there. <clears throat> um, ben, ben Simmons, uh, AD is a, is a tremendous uh, defender. Uh, but Ben Simmons' uh, athleticism, as far as quickness off uh, uh, off the dribble, is is better than AD, and I think AD would spend more time in a Javale McGee role trying to recover and block than he would staying in front of him. Uh, so you know um, you you know why now uh, 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 AD is 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 doesn't like playing the five sometimes and things like that. Now if Joel and Embiid had been in the game tonight, it would have been a vastly different game. We still probably. Uh, would have lost because we would have came out with that same energy. But Joel Embiid slows the 76ers down tremendously. And uh, Ben Simmons and, jo and Joel Embiid don't necessarily run the floor together. And in those positions, AD does phenomenal because he's able to come and, 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 and provide weak side help. But in, in a night like tonight, when you really don't have that, you know, you have Dwight Howard, but he gets in foul trouble. Now you really just have AD there as a big. It doesn't bode well for him. Now, of course, he's still got his points up tonight. But he was, he spent most of his time trying to play catch-up and trying to keep himself out of foul trouble on the defensive end. Uh, why couldn't any Lakers make a shot? And I think most of that, and this Alice Acoustic asking that question is a great question. Why did they turn it over so much and allow so many threes? As crazy as it sounds, and I know I, I, I keep quoting the stat, but they're, they're actually in, the, in, one of the, in, the, in the upper um, percentage as far as defending the three-point line. Now, I, I can't explain to you how that is, given that every time we watch a game and a, key, and a team has killed us, it has been because they've been shooting threes. But for whatever reason, the Lakers actually have been fairly decent. But tonight, it, it, that really was how the 76ers were getting their bread and butter. And I've explained this before. 
because we have so much size on the inside and because they know what Anthony Davis can do, they know what Dwight Howard can do, and if they're on the floor together, then it really is a problem. And, it's, and if JaVale McGee was playing, they have trained their people to shoot from the outside. And so they run offensive plays that will either do a switch off the big to cause the big to come out, or they'll just, or they have an offensive play that will run for the three. And of course, the 76ers really haven't been a great three point shooting team necessarily. Uh, they've lost shooters, Covington, um, uh, 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 Reddick, and things like that. But they have adjusted their offensive scheme so that instead of running into the middle, that they simply just come in, they come out from the uh, on the outside. And Ben Simmons was the key component because Ben Simmons has the speed to get into the inside and he does exactly what LeBron James would normally do. He would kick it out. The difference between a LeBron James um, and a Ben Simmons, uh, Ben Simmons actually has a little bit more uh, handle than LeBron, but LeBron has more size. So when LeBron drives to the inside, he can either kick it out or go for the and one foul. He had a couple of and ones tonight because when he comes to the inside, the only thing you can do is foul him, okay? So with Ben Simmons, he's much more finesse, but he also has a better handle because of that finesse. But when, when Ben Simmons drives to the inside, there was one play he was dropping on a fast break and literally pointed to the player where to go on the three-point line before he kicked it out. And the Lakers still did not defend that shot. But Ben Simmons creates that because in, unless you stick up on him on a fast break or stick up on him on the perimeter, he can blow by you and he can kick it out. And the 76ers exploited us tremendously. Now, when Alex Caruso got in, what he started to do was instead of he would he would play up and then he would allow himself to get into the passing lane of the player that he knew would be open. And that's why he got six steals tonight because he kept catching that uh, catching the, the passing lane for the three-point shooter. And had he been able to do that earlier, the 76ers probably wouldn't have been able to get into rhythm and been able to get the score up as far as they did. Uh, uh, Spain Torero 007. Even if we came back to win, I think we need Collison or a trade. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot to that, and there's a lot of different opinions on that. Of course, LeBron James uh, has said that we have enough right now, and he had a really great diplomatic answer that uh, as the as the Lakers continue to progress, you know, obviously how we started at the beginning of the season and where we are now, he is right. We are vastly different teams, and he's saying as long as we continue to progress, the truth is. Um, the truth is, is that unless the, the Lakers are able to make a quick boost in change, which would come through like a Collison um, or even Iguodala on the defensive end, who specializes in catching people on the three point line, uh, unless we're able to make some adjustments there, we are left vulnerable. Does that mean we can't win a championship? Absolutely not. We can still win a championship, but the road will be much more difficult and will require much more fortune on our behalf, much more luck. Because teams now have started to figure us out. And so you're seeing us. Now, now when teams beat us, they don't just beat us by a little bit like they did in the first 20 games. Now they're blowing us out because they find the weakness and they, they continually stick to that weakness, which obviously is a three-point shooting. We, we get destroyed by that. Dallas did it to us with Luka. Uh, of course, Boston was able to just knock us out. Uh, uh, Tatum was going on fire tonight. It was uh, Ben Simmons. So... Uh, it's just, we, I, I do stand with you on that Spain Torero 07. I believe we do need to have a trade. I would take Collison over a Derrick Rose as great as he's playing right now. I just, I just trust the breed of Collison. Plus he, uh, I think him and, and Frank Vogel would vibe a little bit better. Um, and I've already seen Rose, uh, and LeBron before. So uh, here we go. Listen guys, I'm really just hoping, I'm really just hoping that we can get, uh, Igudala and Collison after uh, after the trade deadline. That that's my hope. If we can get him after the trade deadline or right around the trade deadline, I, I'm I'm extremely happy. Uh, why couldn't they stop Alcusic, Ben Simmons or Al Horford? Ben Simmons is a All Star player. He's a perennial All Star and a future Hall of Famer. If you ask me, uh, will he ever win a title? Probably not in Philly, but will he be? Like the Magic Johnson of this era, I believe so. He doesn't need a tremendous. He doesn't need a tremendous shot. He doesn't need to shoot from three. He doesn't need to shoot from the mid range. He will destroy teams from the inside. The reason why Ben Simmons can't do this every night is because Joel Embiid is there, and I think 76ers are going to have to make a choice about how they're going to run uh, uh, in the future because they're not going to make it out of the East this year. But Ben Simmons is still going to be putting up great numbers as long as he's able to do what he did tonight. 
uh, uh, Joel Embiid prevents that tremendously from happening. So uh, I, Ben Simmons, what he did tonight is what he's always wanted to do. The fire, all that stuff that he has inside him, he's there. So, so stopping Ben Simmons is like saying, how come we couldn't stop LeBron in a sense, okay? Al Horford, just he's a savvy veteran who knows how to play. He's great at defensive rebounding. He's great at box outs. They had a lot of switches tonight, and that was the key. The key tonight was they 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 mastered the pick and roll switch, which caused I don't know how many times you guys saw it, a Rondo, a KCP, a Caruso down in the paint against a Horford, or literally down against a Tobias Harris, and they and they were just getting overwhelmed, and that is the problem that we have. If we don't have our our if we because we built our roster around length and the defensive scheme around length. If we don't let our length show, then they come in for the kill and they destroy us. Um, we need to trade Danny Green. He ain't worth $15 million. Sports Beard won. Listen, I hear all of it. I hear I hear everything you guys are saying about Danny Green. I say this almost every time he has a bad game. Danny Green was not signed to score double-digit points during the season at all. Danny Green was signed for defensive presence um, and also to have uh, for him to be streaky during the playoffs. The playoffs. That was his. That's the whole scheme around Danny Green. It, it's, it's almost the same kind of thing with Rondo. They know Rondo's bad, but they're trying to find Rondo, the, the playoff Rondo. Okay, um, so the, the Lakers have have acquired Danny Green. Number one, just to be honest, because he was probably one of the better free agents available at that time. If you really think about it, everybody had pretty much come off the market. He had just come off a tremendous season in Toronto and just won a ring. So, I mean, to say, like, he wasn't worth the $15 million now, you, we really can't say that. To say that we're getting a championship guy who has won multiple rings on multiple teams, had just come off one of his, his historic uh, shooting seasons, and to say he wants to come to the Lakers instead of the Clippers, I think you take that, right? <laughs> I think you roll with that. But, but once again, he was not signed for uh, offensive um, uh, 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 offensive productivity. He really was there to make sure he can hit clutch shots, which he's been known to do, to get streaky at the right times during the playoff, which he's always done, and then for defensive presence. And he's a veteran, so it just it just works, okay? Uh, but I do I do understand. Tonight, he had some problems. Tonight, he was negative 12. He only had two points. He was 0-5 from three. And, and I think what we do is we think of Danny Green as what, we, as what he calls himself, dead shot or whatever they call him. Um, but the truth is, that's not really who he is. Okay, that's not who he really. That's not really who he is. He's streaky at best. He's he's uh, he's Hawkeye. He's Hawkeye trying to learn how to be Hawkeye. If that makes sense. So, um, uh, shout out to AC for fighting. I think trading him for D Rose would have hurt this team. George Santiago. Yeah. So there's there was rumor. Uh, I, I guess it was a rumor. It was a report put out that uh, that they wanted to trade uh, Derrick Rose for Alex Caruso, a second-round pick, and I think something else. And the Lakers said no. And I, I instantly saw Twitter going crazy as saying, we said no to Derrick Rose because of Alex Caruso. And tonight when you see six steals, you go, I see why. Now, it's not saying that we, they wouldn't trade somebody else, but he's going to be a key cog in the defensive uh, scheme for, for Frank Vogel. He's a defensive energy guy off the bench. He's somebody you can trust in, uh, in the later half uh, of, of a game. If it gets real uh, tight and real close, you can throw him in with a KCP like he did tonight and have, and have a tremendous uh, uh, defensive front court, right? Uh, but uh, but I, I, I personally wouldn't have traded him for D Rose, um, um, that that wouldn't have made sense for me. In fact, the, the truth is, um, uh, I think it's a good play by uh, it's a good play by Palinka because the closer it gets to the deadline, the more desperate uh, uh, the Pistons are going to be. But the truth is, you know, if, if we don't get D Rose, it's not going to be the end of our championship run. Okay, but you get rid of Caruso, you're going to have to really reinvent your your defense in the sense of who's going to provide the energy when they don't feel like defending. And tonight he showed why he's able to do that. Alsa Kusa, get rid of Kuzma. I see, I see that all, all over, all over the place, man. People are done with Kuzma. Uh, tonight he played 27 minutes and only had four points, um, and he just wasn't there. Zero three from the 0 of three from the three point line, two of six from the field goal, uh, uh, from uh, from the field, and it's just it's amazing how we know what he's capable of being. But he has not been able to consistently provide that. And I think the truth is we have to settle in for this. Okay, guys, we have to settle into the idea of this. He is not able to fit well in this system. We saw what happened when you put him in the starting lineup and eliminated the pressure of having to play around an AD and a LeBron. You put him in a starting lineup, he is a, he is a legit 20-point scorer again. He can do it. But him trying to figure out how to play with Braun and how to figure out how to play with AD is just, it, it's not working. 
It's not working. And it doesn't speak to his skill set. And this is, this is the part that I think a lot of us as Laker fans are going to have to get over, right? For instance, Brandon Ingram would not be scoring the numbers that he's scoring uh, on this team that he's doing in, in New Orleans. He, he, that, that's not a transferable trait because Brandon Ingram does not fit in the Lakers system, okay? Just period. The same way Kuzma doesn't. And you see this even with Brandon Ingram. When Zion Williamson comes back, his numbers immediately fell. The first game Zion comes in, Brandon Ingram goes 6 of 22. Because it's hard for shooters who don't play necessarily within a pass-first system, who are shooters who shoot, it's hard to get them to ask, to, to you're asking them to step back and be a third option, which means that when I get the ball, I'm not allowed to just, I don't have a green light. I have a yellow light, right? I got to check and make sure. And if you notice how many times Kuzma just hesitates, when Kuzma knows he has the green light to shoot and he's free to go, when he has that, he's good to go. He has no problem, okay? Uh, but when he has to think about the next read, the next play, that's not where his offensive IQ is. His, his offensive IQ really is being able to catch and shoot from anywhere. He doesn't even really have the skill set of a Tatum who can catch you off the dribble. That's not even Kuzma's thing. Kuzma actually works better uh, as a first option or even a second option, kind of like what KCP does. I've talked about this with curl screens and things like that, uh, being able to come off of a screen, catch, shoot, and, and make it. But tonight, he was just he just didn't have it tonight, um, and he, he hasn't had it for a while. Um, so I think that's a possibility. He could be. Uh, Alice Acoustic, hack of Howard worked. Yeah, and we know that. Uh, uh, Howard is a, is a 50% or sub-50% free throw shooter. Um, he's not a great free throw shooter. Um, it's, it's amazing that he's able to make threes so well. Uh, but from the free throw line, he's just not there. But on the same, in the same instance, LeBron James is not a great free throw shooter. Okay, Ben Simmons is not a great free throw shooter. There has been a lack of a premium on free throw shooting, um, and even tonight, like during a technical shot, uh, Anthony Davis missed a, missed a, a free throw when he was in the 80 percentile for most of the season, and he just yelled out the F word because he's that frustrated. He knows that if he doesn't shoot free throws well. Um, it, it, it's a tremendous detriment to the team because he's one of the best free throw shooters that we got, uh, him and KCP. Um, I thought the refs were one-sided, Alice Acoustic. It, it, sort of. It was a little weird. We talked about this before. You don't know what you're going to get from game to game. Um, offensive fouls were called in some weird moments. Uh, Kyle Kuzma made a three, and then they were like, he kicked his leg out. But I'm like, man, I think I swear that I've seen uh, uh, Harden do that 95 times, and I can't remember a time that he's been called for an offensive foul like that. So it's, it's just weird. You don't know who you're going to get, but it's exactly uh, uh, correct. Tonight was I, – I, I understand why you would say it's one-sided, uh, but it definitely was a weird game refereeing-wise. Uh, Blake St. Clair, salute. Lakers need a refresh after the stretch. They look lethargic. Kind of saw this one coming at the end of this road trip. Yeah, see, this is, this is what I want to get to, guys, and this is why I don't want us to get too upset and start calling for people's heads and, 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 and trading folk and stuff like that. This unit – has just hit double digit losses for the for the first time like this is like we're just now hitting that and guys it's about to be february it's about to be february i just want us to think back over the last six years and i'm not making excuses i just want to make sure that we are thinking balanced and soberly right uh let's think over the last six years we had double digit losses like in the first two months okay now we've been able to go all the way through the end of 2019 and starting off 2020, and we had only lost nine games up till tonight. I'll take it. I'll take that roster. And every single person on the roster has had moments of shining, okay? I think what every fan wants is we want that moment of shining to be their consistency across the board. And the truth is that's not going to happen, guys. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to get – it's not even going to happen out of AD and LeBron. They're going to have moments where they're not going to be great, Okay. But the idea is this, is that you have a roster that was able to produce a 36-10 and 10 record up to this point. First in the league, okay? Even when we had LeBron last year, we only got to the fourth seed. That was, that was as high as we got was the fourth seed. We've been in the first. We, we can't even remember the last time we weren't in the, in, in the number one seed position. And that's how long it's been, okay? So we have a team that has been producing. Troy Daniels has had moments. Quinn Cook has had moments. Alex Fruzzo has had moments. Howard, McGee, every single person on this roster including Dudley. There was a game where Dudley went three for three from three-point land. They've all had shining moments. Uh, 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 Danny Green's had great moments. On this road trip, we've had some great moments, okay, then with the Nets. So the idea is this. We have to be able to, to remind ourselves that this is still a team that will show weaknesses like any other championship team, from the Warriors to the Bulls to the Lakers of old. Every single one of them had moments where they showed their weaknesses, and it showed up in the record, and it showed up in the stats. 
What we don't want it to show up in is the team chemistry and their momentum. That's what we don't want it to show up in. I think we went, what did we go, three of two on this road trip? And this was a road trip that most people were like, it was very possible to go one and four. Okay? It was very possible to go one and four. And we went and we had injuries. Like, we, we technically haven't had a full roster. McGee, McGee's been out for two games. And, of course, you know, Anthony got hurt. And it, we've, we've, we've had some injuries and still been able to pull out a three and two record. It wasn't ideal, but it's, it's, it's definitely not the end of the world. Also, I want to just point this out. I'm going to keep on going. I also want to point out that we had a summer, just this past summer in 2019, where we questioned every single thing about the Lakers. We questioned the president. We questioned Magic Johnson. We questioned the roster moves after uh, Kawhi. We questioned every single thing. And this team has shut down everybody. We questioned KCP. We were ready to trade him, and he, he worked out great. Uh, Bookie Cousins uh, got hurt, and we were begging for Joe Kim Noah. And we got Dwight Howard, and we were like, I don't want to do the D12 thing again. And Dwight Howard has been one of the main reasons we've had this record because of his energy, his culture, and his and his presence in the paint. So we we there have been a lot of things that we have reacted to in the moment. And time after time, since the summer of 2019, this team has shown us they will come back from it. I am now a believer that this game, the Celtics game, the Bucks game, the two losses to the Clippers, all of those things, none of those things are shaking my reality with this team. The reality with this team is they are championship contenders. They are playoff ready. They're going to clinch the division, obviously. They're going to clinch the conference. I'm telling you, this is the team. They're, you're going to watch this team do that with or without a trade. I still would prefer a trade, but if we don't make a trade, this team can still do that, okay? That's, that's, what I, that, that is my, that's my soapbox rant tonight, okay? Um, but, but you're right, Blake St. Clair, they definitely needed to, to get back. They need to get back home, refresh themselves. They'll get back home tomorrow, if not tonight. Get back home tomorrow, rest up Sunday. They may practice Monday, and then Tuesday they play against the Clippers. And so they need to get themselves right, get back in their home environment, get back in their vibe, sleep in their own beds, see their family, get re-energized emotionally, get away from each other for a second. And then get back to life. Okay, uh, the Lakers were out of gas. Period. Uh, uh, Lil Sills. Oh, oh, you are co you are correct. And I, I don't think we could expect too much more out of them, man. Like that that stretch is brutal. Okay, that stretch is that stretch is brutal, guys. It's brutal. And and, and I saw one thing too, because you know the Clippers. The, in case you don't know, this they call this the Grammy trip because this is when they do the Grammys back at Staples Center, so they clear out the teams. And so the Clippers have been looking very. They, they've been looking off. Okay. Uh, uh, and one thing that 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 stuck out to me was for us, our schedule has gotten significantly harder, um, and and this later part so far in the season than it was in the beginning of the season. But we can rest on that because while in the beginning of the season we beat the teams that we were supposed to beat, that's what that's the part that I want us to celebrate. It's because when you do that and you come up against a tough team. The loss doesn't hurt your record as much. Everybody beneath us, if they lose once or twice, they could literally drop three or four spots in the playoff spot. For us, we could lose three more times and still be number one. Okay, so I'm just I'm, I want to point out to that and how that works for us. Okay, uh, Laker Metropolis, too many bad passes. Absolutely, um, and LeBron James was just making LeBron and Rondo were overthinking all of their passes tonight. Uh, and I don't know if it was because of the occasion. I don't know if it was because of the road trip. I don't know what it was. But they were overthinking tremendously. Rondo had one good spurt where he got majority of his assists. Where he, him and AD were running the pick and roll of old like they did at New Orleans. Where he would literally just run, run the pick and roll. And then AD would roll to the basket. And if they rolled with AD, he would put it up. And if they didn't roll with AD, he would, you know, he would toss it up for him to, to He would lob it up for a dunk. And, and that offense was working. That offense was working just great. It, it, it's very simplistic. There was no scheme to that because they have no they have no way of stopping AD in the paint. But LeBron was trying to do stuff that I could not explain. I mean, he would go up and at the last second try to throw it to somebody who wasn't even there. Or like the, like the backcourt violation that we had with Kuzma, going up and then trying to kick it to Kuzma at the last minute, and you have no control, no accuracy over that. You're not even looking in his direction. These are things that are not LeBron-esque, okay? So I have to chalk that up to the moment of tonight. He wore Kobe shoes tonight, guys. He wore his shoes. I mean, he wore his shoes with Kobe's name on it and a, and a whole memorial to Kobe on it, which lets you know where his brain was walking into this game. He knew 
that at some point during this road trip, he was going to hit this record. And so he was going to wear those shoes on the night he was going to break that record. So that lets you know how much it was consuming his brain. So I'm assuming that the bad passes came from that. Hacka Howard, <laughs> Spain Torero 07. Yeah, they, we, we've seen Hacka Howard. We've seen uh, Hacka Shack. Uh, and, I mean, it was all invented with the Hacka Shack. So then the first time we've seen this, guys. We, we've been through it. Uh, Trade Kuzma. Uh, Ayala G. I just want to point out, all of us were calling for KCP to be traded. Uh, why can't Lakers teams beat uh, beat teams from the East with winning records? We can, and I also want to point out that our record uh, uh, our record away from home is twenty and five. So when you say when we say things like why don't we beat teams away? We've only lost five times out of twenty five games. Um, uh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, let me take that back. Yeah, we've only lost twenty games. We only lost five games out of twenty away from technically four because if you count the Clippers. And us at home. So we haven't really lost a, a lot. Okay, guys? This is the same team that beat the Heat. Gave them their first loss on their home floor. I, I just don't want us to become prisoners of the moment. Okay? I don't want us to become prisoners of the moment. I'm not making excuses, but I want us to think soberly. If you've only lost five times on the road, but you've won 20, I think it's safe to say that this team knows how to win on the road. Yes, the Celtics. You got to think about this. The Celtics have lost three on the road, and they were hungry for a win. Okay? They had made it up in their mind, hell or high water, they were going to win the game, okay? And it came out just like that. And the Lakers don't have that sense of, that sense of urgency. We just don't. We don't lose games like that. We don't, we, we're normally on a winning streak, so our mentality is not that. We've been down by 20, 23, 13, and we've come back every single time. So the, the, the issue is now the Lakers have to turn their mentality on that we can beat them. We just have to tell ourselves that it's necessity to beat them because their record shows that they don't need to beat anybody right now. <laughs> their ability to come back from down, you know, double digits. They did it tonight again. Uh, all of that, their ability to do that is what they rest on. and It's what gives them the ability to play so loose in the beginning. Turnovers, lack of energy. We have to get them to become dogs, even when the record is great. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the reason why the Bucks are playing so well and Giannis is playing so crazy is because he wants a ring. But LeBron got a ring. So there's plenty of moments tonight where you saw him pass it and stand. Like, literally stand out by the half court. Because his mind is thinking about playoffs and thinking of, he's thinking all the way down the line. And unfortunately, that doesn't work well for us as fans because it, it results in nights like this where there's a loss, and he'll go home, and he'll be fine, because at the end of the day, we're still on our way to the playoffs. He still has a number one record, and there's no season-ending injury. So he's, he's feeling great. Um, so, you know, uh, uh, Blake Sinclair, Caruso plays with energy, both ends of the floor. He does. I, I really wish Caruso could master his mid-range. If Caruso can master his mid-range, no doubt in my mind, they would feel far more comfortable getting rid of Rondo. But I think because he doesn't shoot as well. Rondo actually shoots well from the mid-range, but... And I say well relatively to, to Caruso. Caruso does not shoot well from the mid-range, okay? Um, and and it's, it's unfortunate because he's able to make cuts to the basket. He's not afraid of contact, but he's not a good finisher, and he's not good with the mid-range. But everything about his energy, his defensive mind, his hustle, even his ability to do lobs, which Danny Green can't do, but he obviously had a, a tremendous lob to, 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 to Braun tonight. So, like, he has all the, all the stuff that we really love. It's just the one thing that keeps him from being the over-the-top in the roster. Uh, Oscar Kuzik, Hacka Howard will now be done by everyone. No. Okay, let me explain why that was done tonight. Hacka Howard was done tonight because JaVale was sick. I mean, let me explain why that's, that's a big deal. When you have two bigs, when you have two bigs, okay, all I have to do is sub out one, okay? If you're Hacka Howard, I sub in McGee. Right, and the reason why that's important is because if I sub in McGee, then then McGee's a better free throw shooter, and you you would rather foul Howard than you would McGee, and so having those bigs is great. And God, man, if we had Cousins, you know, they would they would they would never try it. But tonight we had zero bigs, so Hackett Howard worked great because you had no other option, and you knew you couldn't have AD at the five at that point, just the way it was going. Uh, by fouls and everything. So Hackett Howard worked for that portion because there was no other option for the Lakers and they pinned us in. It was kind of like, who remembers who backed up Shaq? Who was the center that backed up Shaq? Okay. Who was the center that backed up Shaq? So, so like, that's the idea. When Shaq was out, it was like, okay, right? So they would hack a Shaq because there was nobody else who could do <laughs> what Shaq was doing. And the same thing for us. When you have JaVale and AD... I mean, uh, J JaVale and Dwight, they're able to play off of each other. And you hack one, you can, all you got to do is just be like, sub, 
put him on the bench and bring in JaVale. But you couldn't do that tonight, that, which is why we have to – our whole entire roster was built off of the identity of length and defensive-mindedness, and they, they got us tonight. Um, uh, let's see here. Blake Sinclair, probably the only one who did today on the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, that Caruso. Um, and uh, Javi ball out. I think it's time to stop playing Rondo. And I ain't an anti-Rondo guy, but Caruso is just better. I appreciate that. I appreciate that caveat, man, of just giving us that. Uh, because I think a lot of people just don't like Rondo because he's just he just hasn't been consistent. But the truth is, Rondo uh, Rondo has a certain level of IQ that the coaches trust, um, or they did in the beginning. I think that has began to wane over time. I think they have started to um, to recognize that as much as Rondo has a great IQ, I mean, they're even saying that he could be a coach one day, okay? Uh, as much as his IQ is great, um, you can't substitute IQ and energy. Because for that, for that matter, you might as well be a coach and just instruct somebody who's going to have the energy and the defensive athleticism to stick with guards to, to be in the game, okay? It would be better for you to be like Jason Kidd and just teach a point guard how to be a point guard than for him to be in there and just give us, you know, you know, negative in the plus minus almost every night. So uh, I, I agree with you. I, I am a true Caruso believer. Um, but the more I watch Rondo and the more when I see Caruso have games like tonight where he only scored four points but had six steals, I go, I, I would just rather have Caruso. And I don't need him to score. He fits better than that anyway. Let – KCP, uh, uh, the way I see it, KCP, Caruso, Braun, AD, and maybe Dwight. That, that's the way I see it. Like when you have a, like you really need like defensive minded and shooting. You have uh, Dwight to rebound and do the dirty work. You have AD to pull the bigs out of the paint, be able to make three drives in and get uh, and ones. You have LeBron able to facilitate and score. You see what I'm saying? And KCP who's able to catch and shoot from the corner and also stay with defenders on the other side. To me, that's a great lineup for certain teams, especially like tonight. But it just it didn't work out that way. Um, ALG, why don't Lakers guard the three-point? Also, I want Kuzma traded. You guys, this is, I, I promise you, this feels so much like KCP. It really does. I think the difference is that KCP was early in the season and he flipped it around. Kuzma really hasn't done that yet, and it's kind of late in the season, so I get what you're saying. Um, uh, and he may be traded. I I personally am not going to be upset if he ain't. What I am going to be upset if it is if Rondo is still on the roster. That's going to be upset. Okay. And I also believe this. I think one of the things that make Collison uh, better is that when you take the ball out of Rondo's hands, put it in a Collison's hands, who's known uh, to be able to score, because this, this is the issue. The issue is that the other team knows that Kuzma can score, okay? So if you notice, he's never wide open like that. And when he is, it's such a surprise for him. It's an anomaly or a breakdown in the defense. Now, if you have like a Collison who's a point guard who can drive and, and legitimately score and is able to pass, okay, he fits much better in that because when he gets the ball, by the time he gets the ball, he can do whatever he wants. The person's going to be at least three to five feet off of him, and he can either work the dribble back in, or he can just go up and score, right? Um, and so you 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 need a playmaking point guard to open up space for Kuzma to be better. But I think tonight he just doesn't have that. One of the great things about Ball was Ball wasn't he well obviously wasn't a shooter, but he was a great facilitator, and Kuzma worked well with him as he was able to run. And it was almost like Braun and AD, and their synergy was great. Kuzma needs somebody he can have synergy with, and he does not have synergy uh, with Rondo off the bench. Okay, he's great. He's great as a starter. We've seen that. None of us were calling him for him to be traded when he was starting, and AD was out. None of us were calling for that. We're calling for him to be traded now because AD is back, Bron is back, and he just doesn't fit well into the system. But bringing a Collison, I think he'll be better. Uh, why don't Lakers? Uh, I'm sorry, George Santiago. What's the reason why offense bogged down in the last five minutes? We only got three points after that. Uh, I think majority of it is, and I, I had this in my notes, and, and I, I didn't want to say it tonight because it's such a historic night for LeBron. But the issue is, is that when the fourth quarter comes, I can't believe I'm saying this is one time Skip Bayless is completely right. Nobody takes more fourth quarter shots than LeBron. That is not the way the offense should run in the last five minutes when you're trying to make a comeback. What should happen is whatever you were doing for the run, you should continue to do. But that's not what happens. Um, when it's fourth quarter and it's crunch time, there's something that in his mind is like, I need to put on the cape. I need to be Mr. Fourth Quarter. Um, already, you know, it just something tells him he needs to shoot, shoot, shoot. And he was one of six from, from the three-point line tonight. So to, in, the, in, in the fourth quarter, and it's crunch time, 
you shouldn't be shooting threes, right? You should be facilitating so that KCP can shoot the three. But LeBron's taking way too many shots, and they also call games tighter um, uh, um, in the in in the last few minutes. So when he drives, he's looking for this foul. He's probably not going to get the foul. But even if he does, he's not a great free throw free throw shooter in the, in the last five minutes. We know that. So the offense just cannot be so Bron heavy. Um, in the last five minutes. And th- what's funny is, is that nobody's asked him to do that. He's just, he just made up in his mind, I'm going to take off three quarters and I'm just going to kind of facilitate, do my thing, pass, do all that. And when the fourth quarter comes, I'm going to get mine. And that just doesn't work. And so when we get into these moments, it doesn't work. Um, uh, you have to force Simmons to shoot. Take away his driving lanes. Yeah, we did not do that tonight, guys. The only person who was disrupting those passing lanes was Alex Caruso. But it's, it's very clear. Ben Simmons is not going to take a shot from the three-point line. And if he does, oh, well, right? You sag off of that man. Give him give him like three, five feet. Let him, let him stay up there. And you prepare yourself for the driving kick or for him to come to the inside. You want him to come to the inside because that's where you live. Your length lives there. Your Dwight's, your ADs, right? That's what you want. And for whatever reason, they didn't do that tonight. Um... What you said about Danny Green, is that the same with Bradley? No, Bradley, um, like a metropolis, Bradley is a an experiment, okay? Uh, Bradley made sense for the Lakers because he's he, uh, off of injury, so he's not going to uh, require a lot of money. Number two, he has a resume that, that makes it worth taking a chance, okay? Um, and he's been better, in, in, in a sense. He's been better than what he was the last time he played, um, but he's obviously not. He, he's an expendable chip. I, I'll just put it that way. Um, there's another team that probably would take him on because he's an, you know, he's a contract they can get rid of after this year. Um, but he's, he's, he's not the same. Danny Green has enough of a resume that he can, he can solidly only score three to five points every night during the season. And you'd be like, it's playoff time. Turn it in. Okay. Do your thing. Um, and so that's where if Danny Green's not performing in the playoffs, that's when you say, take away that dude's contract, but not right now because nobody expects him to do any of that stuff right now. Okay. And that Caruso for D Rose was more hearsay and unconfirmed via George Sedano. Okay, Jonathan Watson. Yeah, see, yeah. See, I figured it was a rumor. It, it just doesn't seem like that would benefit uh, benefit the the Pistons as much. I, I remember when we traded um, uh, our boy away, uh, Svi McKaylock. We we traded him away, and we you kind of knew when you traded him away, he was going to be like a definitive three point shooter. He was going to like turn into something, and he's been that. I mean, he torched us. But I don't know if Caruso is going to be the same player away from the Lakers. I think this is a moment in time. I think this is a, the stars have aligned and he fits perfectly in this kind of system. Where he's not lost, he gets celebrated by the fans because the only thing we need him to do is the same thing we need Dudley to do. Arms up, uh, <laughs> stay in front of your man, be open and hit the three. Caruso, all we need you to do is be in there, be a dog. Like, that's, there's not a lot that we're requiring of you, you know what I mean? Um... Blake St. Clair, from the outside, it looks like Kuzma spends more time on his hair <laughs> than his game. I can't speak as that. I mean, the man has changed his hair tremendously, like, over the last, I don't know, three to two or three months. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if he's trying to find himself or what's going on. But, you know, it's more the, it's more the fact that Kuzma doesn't do anything else besides score. So when he doesn't, he is a glaring weakness on the team. That is true. It is very true. I, I think for Kuzma, what it is is the conditions have to be right. And that's just not what we want, right? Um, for the conditions to have to be right for you to be a good player. I mean, that's the, the, the idea is really that you, if you're going to be a shooter like that, we need to be able to trust you to be a shooter like a Bogdanovich or, you know, like the other shooters that we see, right? Like if you're going to be a shooter and all you do is shoot, that needs to be your thing. You, if you're going to be that, be J.J. Redick, right? Like be that guy. Let that be your M.O. Let that be your thing. And for whatever reason, like I said in the last post game. The, the 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 veterans are really trying to get Kuzma to stop worrying about scoring and start to work on the other stuff. And I'm like, man, you're you're really asking him to be something he is not. Okay, he's gotten better on the defensive end. I'll give you that. But but Ben Simmons exposed him tonight. Ben Simmons went around him like he was at 24 hour fitness, right? So like like we like we 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 were. I understand that we want to trade Kuzma, but understand that he is hearing. He's being told certain things. He's being in a system that doesn't work. So if we do trade him, it's simply to get him to a place where he can succeed. Um, I, I wouldn't do it because, you know, he's like he's just a horrible player. I think he's a great player. I just don't think he fits with this. Uh, also, the Lakers were missing wide-open shots. Frustrated. And it happens. 
Um, so here's the thing. If, if, if you shoot, if you play basketball, not even professional, I'm just on any level. You shoot better when you're confident. And when your confidence is off, okay, you don't, you don't shoot well. One of the things that uh, some NBA players do, if you ever get a chance to go to a game and just watch them during warm-ups, you'll see some players who stand right underneath the basket and shoot over and over and over again, right underneath the basket, because they want their eyes to see the ball going in over and over and over and over again, so that when they shoot it, they're shooting it with the confidence of what they just saw during warm-ups, right? Um, um, tonight, it just, it just it felt like the, the guys didn't have their legs underneath them. Um, it felt like they were just riding off of what happened in the last game with the Nets where we were going crazy from three. Um, you know, it just felt like this, the energy wasn't there. And it, like I said, it's expected, guys. It's expected. It's frustrating, but it's expected. It, it's, it's, this is not a young team. This is not a young team. This is a very old team. <laughs> God, JaVale is old. Dwight is old. Braun is old. Now, I know AD ain't old, right? Danny Green is old. Like, these cats have been in the league for a minute. For a minute, right? And so you gotta go, all right, man. Like you're gonna have some nights where you're gonna be like, man, break out the Bengay. Let me get myself together because I ain't gonna make it tonight. So I just throw it up to that. Who's as a floor spacer with LBJ and AD? Get him downhill when one is out, but easier said than done. It is George Santiago. E excellent point. Excellent, excellent point. Um, um, it is easier said than done. But if you can get that locked in, if you can just, I want you guys to think about this. If we can have a way to unlock Kuzma the way the Lakers were able to unlock KCP. Wouldn't it be worth the wait if you unlock him in the later half of the season and he finds it? Or, I mean, like, I, I see, I hear what you're saying, though. Like, let's just cut him and let's let's get a D-Rose, right, and who's a consistent scorer in the whole nine. You could. You could. You definitely could. I, I don't know uh, with D-Rose's injury history, which is far worse than Kuzma's, if you ever, if you know D-Rose's history, uh, or if, if this is an anomaly, and if this is like a Jeremy Lin moment, for Rose, he just had another. I think he extended his streaks like eleven games of twenty plus points in scoring, right? Like, like that would be it, like in our minds, everything makes sense. But I, I, if we had Collison, I'm not even thinking about Rose. You see what I'm saying? So in my mind, cut Quinn Cook, bring in Collison. Don't trade Kuzma because the possibility of him turning into what KCP turned into when we were trying to offload KCP is worth it to me, right? So, you know. That's that's my that's my thought. Every primetime big matchup, LA has not been up to par. We haven't we haven't been up to par. And Smith eight one eight. We have not. We have not played to our uh, our capability. Laker Metropolis. Mark Madsen. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like you can hack a shot because you know they're gonna bring in Mark Madsen. If you bring in Mark Madsen, then we're gonna score on you regardless. You know. But I'm glad you said that. Uh, Blake St. Clair. Caruso improved his hand. His handle more, he would be the replacement we need for Rondo. He has the lobs, but doesn't floor general enough, or hasn't had the opportunity to showcase it effectively. He hasn't, and we also got to remember this is the first time he's really played in the league this long. So Caruso like has played, but he ain't he ain't had like a stretch like this. And we're really we're only like you know we're what are we like sub 50, 50 games so far? Yeah, we're sub fifty games right now. We're about to hit fifty games in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in about a week or so. So, so for him, like he ain't played like this. G League is not like this, um, and so he's he's still finding himself. But if he gets to work with Phil Handy and uh, and and our guy, uh, 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 I can't remember his name, uh, Pen Penberthy. If he gets to work with these guys and work with his shooting and really get that down, I'm telling you, Caruso gonna be a problem, man. Caruso can lock himself up with a two year deal if he can get his shooting together. Okay, uh, Blake Sinclair, I'll throw out my ridiculous coup trade idea. Kuzman Cook for Lonzo. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nuts? I, that is a that Blake Sinclair. I want to throw this out here to you, man, because I'm glad you said that. I I think the money works, and I also think there's. I also think you can't trade. I don't know how the trades work when you just traded the player. I don't. I don't know. There might be a provision where you couldn't even do that, but just the possibility of it, right? Uh, to say, okay, Lonzo. Uh, come over. We're going to give Cook and Kuzma. I don't, there's no way in the world New Orleans is doing that because I think with Zion back, they would love Lonzo. But the idea of having Lonzo back on this team instead of Kuzma um, is is a very funny thought, especially the way Lonzo's been playing as of late. Uh, so that's a very, that's a very uh, uh, interesting trade uh, scenario. I don't think it'll ever work uh, as, as far as money-wise. Or even people agreeing to that. But it's, it's an interesting take. All right, guys. Let's take a look at what we have going on. Obviously, the road trip is over. Our next big game is the game that matters. We've already lost two to this team. Um, this is really – it's a home game for us, quote, unquote. 
But it's like it's it's for us to to really make up for what just happened. We need to beat the Clippers for for making up to like losing to the Celtics, losing to the Seventy Sixers the way we did. We need to beat the Celtics and we need to beat them convincingly. I don't want to see a close game. I don't want us to win by two. I want us to blow the brakes off of these cats. Okay. Um, but but what's good is is that we have um, a, a very much more uh, uh, even schedule going forward. We play the Clippers and then we go to and then we have Portland here. Okay. Uh, and then we go to Sacramento, who's obviously having issues. And then we have San Antonio at home, Houston at home, both who are having issues. We go to Golden State, who, who can beat you, but it's, a, it's obviously a winnable game. Uh, then you have Phoenix, right, who, who we're going to have at home. And then you go to Denver, who most of us who have watched Denver, none of us are true believers in Denver. Their record is great, but they are completely beatable, and I would have no fear of them in the playoffs. Uh, and then you have Memphis, and then we go, and then Boston comes here. So this, this all the way into the end of February. It is very possible, guys. We could go into March and only have 15 losses in our record. That would be tremendous going into March. Tremendous going into March. Uh, our schedule really going out for the rest of this. We've seen all of these teams before, um, and, uh, and all of them are doable, okay? All of them are doable. Uh, Cleveland, Washington, Detroit, Charlotte, Utah, back-to-back, or twice, uh, uh, um, Houston, Brooklyn, like like all these games, with the exception of the Clippers and Milwaukee again, and we play 76ers. We play 76ers in Milwaukee in March at our house, so we should be able to win those games by then. But all of these games are winnable. Our schedule does not look like we're fearful. We should be able to clinch this conference uh, uh, fairly easily if we handle our business, um, and and we don't go on the road as much. We have a we have a pretty long stint in March. But by that time, we should be we should be ready to go. We have a one, two, three, four, five, six. We have a six game road trip in March, but all of them are against horrible teams: Charlotte, Detroit, well, not not Toronto, Cleveland, Washington, uh, Minnesota. Like that that road trip, we actually if we if we do our if we do our, our work right, we should be able to sit some people during that season during that time. Okay, uh, so hopefully that all makes sense. Um, this is the stretch we need to bank some more wins for the back end around All-Star break. Correct. Correct. Listen, guys, I appreciate you guys, man. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. It was obviously a bad loss. I just want to throw this out here, guys. Do not panic. Go home. When you guys are home right now, before you go to bed, look at your phone. Just go on the ESPN app. Look at your phone. Look at the standings and just remind yourself the last six years that you endure. And then look at this tonight and go, Man, we've been blown out before, but every time we've been blown out, we've been sub-500. Tonight, we lost, and we got beat. We, got, we didn't get beat by the better team. We got beat by the team with better energy. So it's not, even, it's not even about the team not being good. It's just we didn't bring it tonight. Had we come full force on these cats tonight, it would have been a wrap. Okay? We all know that. So relax. Stretch it out. And I will see you guys on Tuesday against the Clippers. Those spirit bombs uh, for the players, man. Let them know that you guys appreciate them and, and, and get their mind right when they get back home because we are coming for the dub. I appreciate you guys. I'll see you.